Welcome back to another episode of the Eaton Asphalt Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Marco. I'm Ian. And we are on episode 69 of the Eaton Asphalt hey, Podcast. Very nice. nice. All right. uh, I think it's, yeah, I mean, it's great because we had, I think, episode 69 and this Austrian Grand Prix. I had a lot of on the track things to talk about, but uh, quite a bit of off the tracks uh, that I feel like. Outside of the typical race weekend, uh, a little bit more that we get to, to talk about on that front as well. So, you know, kind of a, a flip flipperoo, you know? Yeah. Episode 69, we knew it would be a doozy. And thank God it's when we have, yeah, some actually pretty shitty things that I think we're going to have to cover to talk about mm-hmm. that was a, a bummer to see. So uh, excellent way to start the podcast from both of us of saying how uh, depressing it's going to be or, or how, how, you know, uncomfortable bad I think that we have uh, the topics to talk about. Yeah, let's get let's get into it. Let's talk about the weirdness, <laughs> huh? The uncomfortability. Uh, so, with this episode of the podcast, we talk about our good, bad, and ugly, our race recap, our race haikus, followed by last but not least, our race predictions recap. So, uh, to hit it off right off the bat, good, bad, and ugly. Ian, care to start? I would love to. So, no. Yeah. All right, good, bad, and ugly for this Austrian Grand Prix here. My good, let's start with my boys in the orange papaya. McLaren finishing double points. You're talking to a guy who has never given up hope on this team, on either of the drivers. Um, you know, that's what happens when you bleed papaya, baby. Yeah. And so, yeah, you know, I a lot of people were saying, fuck this guy, Danny Ricardo. Like, we need to really start looking at other options. Luckily, it wasn't me. I knew, you know, they'd pull through. Um, double points finish, like I said. We got Zach Brown saying, look, we're going to do whatever we whatever it takes to get Danny driving for us in 2023. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a good, uh, good solid win for us diehards that are, you know, unwavering support for McLaren. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, I mean, Friday, you seemed awesome. You felt great about yourself, I could tell, about both well, seats. Yeah. 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 And uh, also, uh, to kind of go in on to that Zach Brown there, uh, do you believe what he's saying? No, not at all. Not for a second. Like, I, I mean, think, piece of shit. <laughs> Whatever like, it hope. takes, I think you just offer him a contract. I think that's what it yeah. takes. I think he has a contract. It's just seeing it through. But yeah, the fact that he's like, yeah, we're going to do whatever it takes to honor the contract that we already have like worked up. It's like, uh, okay, well, that doesn't really like shed a lot of confidance. But yeah, I don't <laughs> right. think he's telling the truth here. I think Danny had a relatively good weekend or at least like an improvement of a weekend. For him. Uh, for him. Yeah. For him. Yeah, yeah. For him. And so he had to be like, all right, what's my response? Like, oh, hey, what? no, it's not going to be from us if he's not driving from us. <laughs> it's the guy that, you know, Definitely wants to stay in Formula One. That he might say, "Hey, screw it, I'm I'm leaving you guys." Yeah, exactly. After we cancel his contract, yeah. uh, my my bad is going to be the podium celebration. Did you see this? Because mm. uh, a couple things here. Normally, podium celebration, you just sing the uh, or play the national anthem of the driver and of the team. Everybody goes home, spray a little champagne, smoothie goosey. 
this time around, first off, the height difference, someone tweeted this and I like really, uh, like it hit home pretty well. The height difference looked a lot like it was intended for Max Verstappen to win this Austrian Grand Prix <laughs> because it was like first place at the top of the podium was about 10 feet taller than second place. Second place was about six inches taller than third. So it was really looked like, like the two people who lost and then all hail the number one <laughs> this, guy yeah, who won. Yeah. What all in? <laughs> That just happened to not be who they thought. Uh, And then the worst part of all this was the podium graphic on the bottom, uh, like of the of the broadcast read first place. Congratulations to Ferrari driver Sergio Perez. So congrats on him. He did DNF early on. He was the first DNF of the race. But, you know, between that time, I guess he signed with Ferrari and won the race. Uh, Second place, Red Bull driver Charles Leclerc. So congrats to him. Wow. Second place, like. It was even the They're colors. Even, like, I was yeah, like, you can't even you can't even like make the correlation to be like, oh, I see what they did there. <laughs> and to round off the podium, just to make sure they got it all the way wrong, they put Mercedes driver Max Verstappen. So this was like, you know, I think the COVID labor shortage is coming in here, and like they just hired a random graphics guy who's never seen F one before, and maybe he slept in and was like, okay, we we have to put something up here. So this was just like, you know, they didn't get the drivers right. For the drivers that they did get right up there, they didn't get the right teams for any of them. So, yeah, that was just – it made me do a double take where I was like, wait, hold on. That's not right. I was like, no, that's not right either. Like, none of this is even this is, kind of right. Yeah, am I am I having a stroke? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, bad podium celebration in Austria. I would say the worst thing to have happened this weekend, wouldn't you? Uh, I, I would say, like – for the type of person you are, that's definitely the worst thing. For me, <laughs> I have a lot more things to stand for. Um, no, but I saw someone's tweet regarding that and was like, time traveler goes back, moves the chair like two inches to the left. And it's like, what it causes. <laughs> it's just like all these different drivers and completely different teams. Yeah, uh, it would be interesting. I mean, like uh, in a couple of years, maybe the, the person who made this graphic is going to look like a genius. When, dude, what you know, if? Ser- Sergio's with Ferrari, Charles Max is with Red Mercedes. Bull, and Max is at Mercedes. Oh, God, <laughs> like, dude. He was like, I was just like five years ahead of everybody else here. Yeah, I would say like that's probably even more red flags if the guy landed it because people would be like, that guy for sure is a time traveler. Yeah, we're like, hold on, this we need to <laughs> throw an investigation. This guy's under protest. My ugly uh, is going to be. So just for the record, it was the fans in Austria, but Marco and I conferred ahead of time. So, you know, just so that nobody gets the wrong idea, this was my ugly. But I'm going to let Marco talk about that. Uh, and I'm going to say that my ugly was Pierre Gasly. So nobody had a worse weekend on the track then Pierre Gasly, he did a Q3 error that kind of screwed him, you know, screwed him over. Um, that, or that error that, that didn't let him get into Q3 because Sergio should have been, like, he did end up getting his times deleted uh, for track limits, but Gasly didn't get into Q3 because of that. Another lap one collision, um, you know, I think that's, I, I know that's two in a row. I think that might be three. Um, getting warnings for track limits. All other drivers were also getting warnings, but he was the one to finally like serve the five second penalty after I think three different infractions. Um, there was an investigation for him not serving the five second penalty. So the only real positive thing here this weekend for Pierre was that he finished ahead of Yuki, which I don't know how, like, uh, I mean, I, I feels like a little bit of, uh, 
like Yuki needs to get some some microscope under or on top of him just because like yeah I, I don't really know how you could have had a worse weekend than Pierre but Yuki somehow did so good for him yeah he definitely uh like it was he had a worse weekend just due to Yuki like yeah it was the yeah the really bad final lap uh in Q2 that he was screaming at himself for uh it was and then but I mean I don't know I mean you got you got Helmut Marco saying that he's super quick though. So like he doesn't really give out compliments outside of Max is the greatest to ever grace us on this earth. <laughs> yeah. uh, rips all the other drivers. And then he says, Yuki's got some anger problems, but man, he sure is quick as a bat. I think it was the quote to you. So I don't know. I would, if I'm Yuki, I'm taking that as positive. I would say it's almost better than points getting, getting a compliment from Helmut. Yeah. I mean, from like a, like career longevity standpoint, I'd agree. Yeah. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. Um, I'm also gonna play um, play into the skid of his uh, Pierre's tough weekend. I sent you that photo of him. I'm gonna pretend that's true, but it was that photo that looks like his hairline is receding to the back of his skull. <laughs> Did you see that? <laughs> I I don't think that's true, but my God, I need it to be. I feel like he, yeah, he can't be not one of the best looking guys on the grid, in my opinion, right? Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, like, Charles is up there to me, yeah. Charles, yeah, yeah. Lewis, good-looking guy. Yeah. Ugliest? Who's the ugliest guy on the grid for you? Probably Vettel for me nowadays, though. Like, oh, with, with the hair, the hair yeah. loss, yeah. Um, I don't think Esteban Ocon is a, a very attractive individual as well. Yeah, I would give you that, too. This is why people listen to the podcast, for the hard-hitting questions and the deep technical analysis of who's more attractive. No one does it like us, you know? <laughs> <laughs> no one does this type of analysis. All right. Awesome. Great. Good, bad, and ugly. My good, bad, and ugly is going to be Haas with a nice weekend to remember. So not only did they both land in the points, which is something that is kind of rare to, to say these past couple of years, um, but the, it wasn't just like a, a P9, P10. It was a nice P6 and P8. Nick's best finish of his career, second week in a row of getting points. So, I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say he's putting in an amazing effort to keep his uh, that last spot of Haas. Um, I, I don't really, I haven't heard much rumor mill um, for these past couple of weeks on where, where that stands. But I mean, if he keeps doing this, I, I would be shocked to not see him and take that second seat back. Yeah. I mean, he was behind Lance Stroll not too long ago, and now he bumped Stroll, Albon, Joe, and Tsunoda. So it's with, with these 12 points, like I'm, I'm excited for him. And he got driver of the day, which yeah. remind me how many points that's worth. I mean, I feel like it's infinite. I mean, it deserves yeah. to be, deserves a plaque, <laughs> deserves a lot of things there, huh? Uh, well, uh, all right, moving along to my bad is Colton Hurta's chance of joining Formula One next year. So he was able to test drive the McLaren car the other day. Just exciting news in general here in like American, kind of like the the potential of this happening. Um I was kind of like looking into it a little bit more and it just doesn't seem like even though they're giving him this opportunity that like, especially next year um, and maybe, maybe just hurt his chances in general that he's going to, you know, take that next, next step. He is 11th in IndyCar right now. And like a lot of people are saying, you know, he's had a lot of unluckiness going towards his way, but I, I mean, even his qualifying has been down from uh, the past two years. So like the, him on and I, I just don't see an American coming in in IndyCar in 11th place 
a team willing to take that risk, bring in an, like an American over with probably not the most sponsorship, like strongest sponsorship for that area uh, into this team. So like into their team. So I, it, it does worry me a little bit to see that like we might be another year or two before we're kind of having serious talks about an, a driver representing the red, white, and blue uh, in Formula One. Yeah, I, I saw the thing about like, I saw just some tweet really that just said, you know, hey, like, reminder that he still needs a super license and i was like oh yeah that's uh you can't just you can't just bop in because you have enough money like you also need to to have but, some backing in terms of like running that but andretti wants him really bad so well yeah i think maybe if they say please uh, yeah and like ask politely no he has not been asking politely it doesn't seem like either so yeah <laughs> yeah yeah maybe they'll like switch it up a little bit um my ugly is going to be austrian people I'm going to just say not only are they not physically attractive, but they're ugly in the heart where it counts right there because uh, pretty tough crowd this weekend from uh, from the old Red Bull ring. And um, there was some plenty, not just some, quite a lot of talks of racist, sexist accusations and a lot of catcalling. So um, they were and homophobia in there. As and well. ho- oh, you got to throw that one in there, too. Um, I, am I missing any obias? Um. <laughs> Uh, no, I mean, I'm sure you are, but none that I can think of off the top, but yeah, the, definitely there was probably some transphobia. There might be one trans person there that, yeah, just got, yeah, booted blistered, in the face yeah, by some Austrian sure. fans. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So, uh, like one was a lady that, uh, was, um, abused by like five different guys. Mercedes came, said like, Hey, come watch the, the race in our paddock, you know, be safe with us and stuff like that. So uh lewis had to go in to the garage at some point because they he was just getting berated by uh racist remarks uh, i mean the list went on and on i was just kept saying things over and over of being like oh another thing oh another thing this isn't the same thing so yeah i mean it, they were just in full force they were cheering when lewis crashed like uh they were like it was it was max against the world in their eyes and like anyone that wasn't max even if it was like a person not even driving they're gonna be like you're you're against max you're against us we're gonna name call you or we're gonna yeah we're gonna like call you out yeah the i saw like the burning the, there were some things that bothered me less like the burning of the mercedes gear Whatever. i think it's trashy yeah. but i think yeah, that happens in, in other sports like yeah, it's whatever. that trash fans are going to be trash fans yeah i saw some it people getting too super far. upset about that and i was like i mean i yeah I, that's where i draw the line of caring that's fine Burn, like burn, pick you, your pick your battles with the things that are important. I know, and I I really hope more than anything. The only thing I would have been said if they like stole some guy's Mercedes hat and burned it. But if he went to the store, bought it, and was like, "I'm yeah. buying this to burn it," then dude, shame on you. I don't care. Remember, <laughs> Mercedes making those hats oh, are probably no. like eighty five dollars. Yeah, and Toto's like, like, "Oh no, oh no, don't do that. <laughs> buy another. Don't do that. <laughs> yeah, you better not do it next year and buy another hat next year. Exactly." <laughs> Yeah, bad look. Uh, I mean, I saw Max, Lewis, Seb, other drivers like come out and uh, condemn it. Obviously, I don't know like what else you would do to this kind of behavior. I don't think anybody could really have a stance of neutrality on this, but not a good look at all. I did see a tweet from I can't remember who said it, but it was like, hey, you know, maybe the FIA should go as far as to be like, hey, we, you know, there's been enough incidents reported, caught on camera, maybe, um, to where we just don't race in Austria next year. I think that would be an extreme tactic, but if you look at soccer, soccer had a pretty bad racism problem, and not to say that it's solved, but soccer at least, you know, uh, FIFA, UEFA, like, are going as far as to be like, hey, 
racist remarks are going to be met with, you know, maybe no fans coming to the stadium. Yeah. Like maybe that's what's going to happen with F1. And and yeah, I'm all for it. Just just looks like it's it's we can't have that. F1 is already. I mean, it's rocketing in popularity, but in terms of like on track action, especially people who are coming over from Drive to Survive and used to that like consistent 30 minutes, you see, you know, 15 different crazy things happen. It is a you know, it's a sport that can drag for some people who are who are not really necessarily like into it much and this is a horrible way uh, or a big barrier I guess for like new fan acquisition so yeah something's got to change uh, I'm interested to see kind of what steps they take next year because if we're back at Austria and the same thing happens there's kind of no excuse for it yeah yeah I cannot agree more all right well that does it for my good bad and ugly moving right along to our race recap of the Australian Grand Prix yeah <laughs> Let's do it. Let's start before Sunday. Uh, we had a sprint race weekend, so Friday practice and qualifying, Saturday practice and sprint, uh, and then the race on Sunday. So between Friday and Saturday, not too much. Uh, I mean, there, there were talking points, but I don't want to get too, too deep into it because I think, you know, we can we can talk about the race more. But one thing that I did want to say, you know, you mentioned it earlier with your good, the Hoster plan. Seems like it is going right on schedule here. Both Haas into Q3. That was exciting enough. I kind of thought when that happened, I was like, all right, they're in Q3. You know, they're starting in a good position for the sprint. Uh, but realistically, there's enough people behind. I mean, Checo was behind. Lewis was behind. Like these, you know, these guys who I'm like, obviously they're going to go through. I don't have super high hopes that they're going to be able to maintain. But boy, did they. Like it seemed, yeah. you know, I think at one point, it was Magnussen in P7, Schumacher in P8, with Lewis behind them in P9. And, uh, I mean, if, if not for Magnuson getting just up, you know, in front of that DRS zone for Mick behind him, I think they probably could have kept Lewis behind um, just since they did for, what was it, like 12 laps or something yeah, like yeah. that. So, yeah, good stuff to, to see out of them. That Haas looks more and more competitive. I feel like the quiet upgrades that they're bringing are, uh, or like small upgrades that they're bringing are, are working, at least for this track. So that was something. Danny Ricardo out in Q1. On Friday, a lot of people were saying, you know, fuck this guy. This guy doesn't deserve a spot anymore on the team. Um, those people were probably uh, emboldened a little bit, considering that Ricardo was out in Q1. Uh, but, I mean, Lando was out in, in Q2. He was the slowest car in Q2. So that was – it was just tough. Like, I didn't – I you hated seeing that. Uh, but, boy, you know, he made up for it. We'll talk about that later. And then the big piece of news, which I don't remember the last time I've seen this. I don't know if I've seen it ever, but both Mercedes hitting the wall in Q3. Um, you know, just seeing them seeing them both out was like, hold on. Like, what? You know, is it a car issue? Do they have some, like, something that they, you know, tweaked in the garage that's causing them both to go out weirdly in two, two qualifying sessions behind? But, yeah, I think, you know, I saw... Lewis go off, and I think George is just trying to emulate Lewis and be like, you know, the, I want to be as much like this guy as I possibly can with my the little championships. If he goes out, then I go out. So good solidarity from George. Yeah, yeah, and he was like, I don't want to keep stealing this guy's shine while he's still here. So, yeah, I'm going to do literally the exact same thing. Basically, like the, this, the lap that they were done with the red flag of Lewis. <laughs> It was like very, literally the very next lap, and they're like, and we have another Mercedes in the wall. I'm like, fucking really, dude? You know a sneaky bad part? A sneaky bad part of watching qualifying on the weekend is if you have something. Like I was on – we were on a, on a vacation, and uh, the like I was with my, my fiance's family, and they were like looking Super to get out of the house. 
and I was like, uh, you know, uh, can can we just wait? Like, there's this there's this red flag. This never happens. Like, this guy went into the wall who never goes into the wall. And then they get it cleaned up, and then two seconds later, there's another red flag, and I'm like, all right, you guys are gonna kill me, but if we could just you wait fought, the same amount. Guys, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really like, sorry. I know. They're like, is it? Could could there be another red flag? And I'm like, I guess there's always the possibility, but let's not think about that right now. I mean, the odds just gotta be insurmountable. We're fine. We gotta be fine. <laughs> The beach is going to be there later on today. You know? Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'll stay out a little later, whatever. Uh, yeah, that was funny. But, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree. I would say, like, the sprint was probably something to, to forget. There was nothing really too memorable from that being like that. That wasn't an intense sprint, like, going on. I think, like you said, the closest thing that was going on was uh, Lewis trailing the two Haas. And then, yeah, K-Mag at the very end was like, deuces <laughs> to, to his teammate. Yeah during the sprint race. And uh, yeah, I think that was kind of entertaining. I, I just feel like it was towards the very end too. So like, I don't, I don't, I didn't seem too much hate for Magnuson being like leaving off his teammate. They were kind of doing that for so long that, I mean, I feel like it was just like, I, I gotta go, you know? Yeah. And I mean, like I was, I was talking about this with a friend initially. I, I think like for, I just, I like Mick Schumacher just as a person. And so I like to see him do well. And um, especially having not scored points for so long. It's nice to see him kind of like build up confidence, like don't ruin that for him. Um, but yeah, his teammate going, I mean, at one point, I think it was like 1.3 seconds past. I'm like, how, like, why would you do that? What, like if you're a driver talking to a buddy about it, I'm like, yeah, but think about how, how like, that's a hard thing to be like, okay, I want to make sure I'm exactly 0.9 seconds <laughs> rather than like yeah. four tenths of a second right, right. faster than that. Like you can't control how fast the guy behind you is going. So yeah, I think uh, Mick seemed a little bit salty about that, which I liked. Seems like his uh, his villain story started, but uh, yeah, man. I mean, obviously didn't affect him. He he had a hell of a race and probably his best his best result in Formula One actually. So yeah, and I I think it was also partially the timing of it too because he hopped on the radio. I was like, hey, tell Kevin to slow down, please. And then it was like, it was in the blink of an eye, I was like, like 0. 0.9, 1. 0.3. I was like, yeah. Kevin was like, what'd you say? Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, awesome. All right, moving on to the actual race on Sunday. We have our fifth, actually tied for fourth place. Jesus. Ding, new, new alert, new alert. Ian, what's our new alert? Ahunga. Uh, we have Alpine tied for fourth with McLaren. Fernando Alonso, P8, to, um, did, not, did not race on Saturday. Uh, that was actually yep. something that we missed. Uh, yeah, he tried driving off with uh, his brake pads on. Yep. Oops. Or his brake, yeah, uh, his tire cover. That was a pretty entertaining sight. <laughs> they were just like, there he is, chilling right there. And the, yeah, and then there was like, uh, he was on the grid for like yeah. for a while, right? And then he it ended up, yeah, uh, missed that. <laughs> but yeah, didn't, didn't even race at all on Saturday and had to start from P20 for the race. That sucked. Yeah, that was, and then I think also in the sprint was that it was a uh, Guan Yu Zhou or something had a, some engine issues and they had to do another formation lap. Yeah, yeah, weird stuff going on uh, on on Saturday, but uh, yeah, so did not race on Saturday and then P10 on Sunday, Esteban Ocon P5 Friday, P6 Saturday, P5 Sunday. So uh, pretty strong outing for him. Like we said, Fernando's part uh, problem uh, was was Saturday, just not, not really getting having the opportunity to. Uh, to make a, a good position for Sunday and uh, was just kind of fighting from behind, uh, made his way up to P10. He did leave with a mere point, definitely had the pace to do a lot more. Like, I mean, if he's starting from, you know, typically they're, we're seeing Alpine uh, like high Q2 or, or, you know, 
eight to 10 Q3 area starting grid. If he's starting there, I think we're having a, a lot different conversation with that. But um, on the other hand, Esteban Ocon, uh, best of the rest all weekend. He did not have too much attention. I think with this course, like we were saying, it was just, it's so small, so quick that, and, and you saw it on Sunday where so many drivers were like, oh, he's in fourth, he's in fifth. Oh, he's 30, he's 18 seconds behind fourth place. Like, okay. So I think there was just so much separation between some of these places. Uh, and I think that's kind of where Esteban fell in. I don't think that he was really racing too much. He was, you know, um, playing, you know, doing exactly what he needed to do and got a, a very strong outing due to it. Yeah. I, I mean, like again, quiet guy, quiet weekend, but hell of a weekend. I think he basically, he is the reason that Alpine is tied with McLaren now. Yeah. So, um, yeah, good, good for him. I guess because as a McLaren fan, our P4, uh, our other side of the tie for P4, now McLaren didn't have a good weekend, but had an always improvement weekend. This is like when you go to your boss and be like, hey, look, it was it was bad, but I've like this past quarter was bad, but it's been getting better. Like, you know, little by little, step by step, because Danny Ricardo called P16, ended up P12 after the sprint and then ended up P9 after the Grand Prix. Lando Norris P15 after qualifying, P11 after the sprint, P7 after the GP on Sunday. Um, yeah, consistent improvement, and thank God, because qualifying P15 and P16 is some, I mean, borderline Aston Martin type shit or Haas shit from a couple years ago. Um, like, relatively quiet race. I don't think they got too much airtime because they weren't really fighting a lot of people, but thanks to some attrition, both these guys ended up in the points for the first time since we were in Baku. So, uh, I mean, we talked about Zach Brown saying, you know, we want Ricardo through 2023 after the race. I, there's a chance, I guess, like uh, I, I could see a scenario where, you know, this was the race that he like turned it around. I just feel like I don't know how many more times I can say that on this podcast. It's like, oh, well, he did a, you know, he did, he may have saved it. Like he, he could, this could be the turning point. So I'm still not really hopeful about his future there, but yeah, 81 points in the Constructors' Championship, tied with Alpine. I, I, they're just not fast. Like that's that's <laughs> I think the core problem. I mean, they're not a fast team, and so I think they got off to a good start, and we're like riding that P four wave as a constructor. But yeah, I think uh, I think the party's over, and I I will always remember the good times of when McLaren was P four and, and best of the rest. Um, can I be like your heel, and can we do a little wager on who finishes P four by the end of the year? Sure, dude. Well, things can turn around, around, dude. Things can turn around. <laughs> Danny could figure out how to drive. Me. You're trolling me. Again. No, dude. I'm thinking. I'm trying to get you some money. <laughs> is, that, is that why you make bets? I just want to make bets so I can give you money, dude. That's, that's what a good co-host does. <laughs> uh, we'll think about that bet. All right. Uh, all right. Moving on along to our P3 with um, a big jump from from P4 to P3. Mercedes, 237 points. George Russell. P4, 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 uh, Lewis Hamilton, P9, P8, P3. So Lewis had a very strong weekend. George, um, as you can tell with uh, the 444, super consistent um, and is back to his consistent ways. You know, he fell off the track a little bit last week and he's back to the to the, his top P5 uh, shenanigans. So um, I think a huge shout out. Uh, Ferrari gave him a, a ton of shout out for taking out Sergio really early in the race he got a five second penalty for doing so but i'm sure that yeah the ferrari fans were 
Um, much appreciated of, of, of him taking out one Red Bull um, at the very beginning. And then on the other side of things, Lewis. Um, so like we said, he also hit the wall in qualifying, uh, ruined, ruined his qualifying. He was, he was towards the back of Q3 due to that. Obviously, you heard that from, like we keep saying, the fans. They were uh, ecstatic. And, and just seeing him not being able to pass Mick, especially when you were looking at Sergio, and Sergio was just flying during sprint yeah. qualifying. Like, he was just a man with his head cut off. Chicken with his head cut off. Man, he wouldn't probably be running around too much. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, like, it was kind of uh, worrisome that uh, Lewis is struggling that much trying to pass these hosts. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think just on Sunday, it was just uh, a great master class of, uh, of a car that we haven't seen really, like, this struggle, I guess, this much relative to what we've seen for as long as we can remember. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I think overall just that's where exactly I think Mercedes has got to circle is P3, P4 every single race. Like, I think that's what yeah. their their goal should be because hopefully the, t- the four cars in front of them, one of them goes out and then they're going to just like, I think they've been doing great at um, making up and, you know, making the most out of other teams' struggles. Yeah. I there was at one point Lewis asked his garage he was like hey why did we go on this tire and they were like we like something was like we're looking at something that you know might happen later in the race and then that was when Carlos signs like a couple laps later his engine exploded and he was like okay Mercedes didn't know that was gonna happen right like I I don't want to put I don't want to be too crazy I don't know about the gym. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, Lewis ending up on the podium is just fucking classic. Like, Oh, okay, great. Like Mr. You know, this guy, this guy that was struggling in qualifying by hitting the wall, couldn't get past Mick ends up on the podium. It's just ridiculous. Just Lewis doing Lewis things. So, um, yeah, I honestly happy for him because that, uh, hitting the wall or in qualifying seems to be like a confidence killer, but I think it's just a confidence killer for the other 19 drivers probably. Um, all right, P2, let's talk about Ferrari. Charles Leclerc, P2 in qualifying, P2 in the sprint, and then pulled out the win for P1 at the end of Sunday. Carlos Sainz, Mr. Consistent, Friday and Saturday with P3 in quali, P3 in the sprint, and then looked on for P2. Looked like he was definitely going to be a Ferrari 1-2, but uh, ended up having his engine explode, and the car was on fire. The car was really burning up, and Carlos wasn't getting out because it was rolling backwards, so just a clusterfuck of an end of the race when it really could have been uh, you know, Ferrari had a chance to really close that gap uh, in, a, in a massive way yeah. with you know, keeping Max in P3, but uh, just another blown opportunity by a blown Ferrari power unit. Carlos and the Ferrari power unit have to be like the best rivalry on the grid right now. Like especially Carlos coming off of his first win in formula one and his first pole last time around. Uh, yeah, just no better way to really murder your driver's momentum, um, than giving him a car that explodes and catches fire. So that sucks. But on the other side of the coin there, Charles back winning races, um, first time in I think five races that he's, he's come across the checkered flag P1. He's had a flurry of different problems with his team. But, uh, you know, even though that his team screwed, I wouldn't say screwed over, but like kind of let the, his teammate down, um, he, you know, he was he was there. There was a moment 
uh, toward the end of the race where Charles, <laughs> I was so confident. I was like, oh, Ferrari fucked it with uh, both drivers. Dude, like, yeah. They <laughs> really did the worst possible thing, even though it looked like their weekend was going to go well. Um, it was a bit of like a throttle sticking problem. The last five to ten laps of the race, Charles was complaining about that. His timing did not really get affected at all. I think it was just more of like his like an uncomfort. Um, for a second, I thought I was like, dude, this guy's doing what Lewis does, where he's like, you know, complaining about something not working just to add to the drama a little bit. But no, you could see like the graphic was showing that like the throttle was was not going back down to zero when he was letting all the way off. So um, yeah, bit of a uh, bit of a scary little shook up moment, but just added to the theater of the race and added to the drama. So uh, we'll take it. Ferrari with 303 points. It means they are 56 points behind their rivals, Red Bull. Yeah, um, I, I did see an article that said that his uh, throttle was only working like at 20 or 30 percent. I just found that hard to believe. I think it was it was stuck at 20 to 30 percent. So like he could go to 100, but when he wanted to lay off uh, all the way I down see. to 0%, okay. it wouldn't go past that 20 to 30. I said, yeah. uh, no, no, you're wrong. <laughs> you're just making up, making up statistics, I guess, you fuckers. <laughs> Uh, all right, moving along to our first place team, Red Bull, with, as Ian said, 359 points. Verstappen, a P1, a P1, could not close it out with the P1s and finished with P2 on Sunday. Sergio Perez, a P13, moving up to P5. And then, as we had mentioned, DNF due to George Russell. Sergio, I mean, I, like we said, like, uh, unfortunate on uh, quals because on Friday because um, had a lap time deleted um, had a really strong Saturday and then um, just yeah so like I think everything was kind of looking positive <laughs> I would say going into Sunday and then yeah just out of his control um, out of that and then Max almost pulling off the perfect weekend uh, except for you know the last part of Sunday it was unfortunate where like the car, like Leclerc's car was just clearly faster where the, you, you, we weren't going to see and I think both teams kind of saw like like I like, we're not going to be able to battle for for them. Um, and I mean, yeah. that's what everyone's saying. It was like um, Carlos is going to eventually pass Max. Like the way both cars are looking right now, it's just only a matter of time before we see the both Ferraris in a one-two spot. Um, so it was just like a little weird because of how strong typically Red Bull is in uh, the Red Bull ring. Like I think they they had won prior to this last week, the last four races there or so. Um, so yeah, oh. I'm just super comfortable there. I think Max won both times last year. You know how it was like the same race, yeah. but differently. Austrian like, Grand Prix yeah. and then Styrian Grand Prix. Yeah. 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 So I think I thought Max won both of them um, last year there. So yeah, I think there was just, you know, pretty comfortable in that, in that track and for, for them or to see a Ferrari just, uh, I would say on Sunday, really you know, work him over. Um, I think it was a little bit of a surprise, but I mean, with, with Sergio going out, I, I think like they do a great job as a team. Like I said, Mercedes does a great job capitalizing on other teams failures. So like if a team, like they're constantly kind of in that three, four range, uh, three, five range, uh, Red Bull does a good job at if one driver struggles, the other one usually has a good finish. So I think that was like, that's what they needed, you know, to keep this pretty strong gap right now, um, keep things moving along. Max did everything he needed to do. Yeah, no, the Sergio, he just the unluckiness of like having a lap time deleted made him start from where mm. he had like a lot of traffic. And, and that's when I think like, you know, he had a good start, but he just got clipped and, um, and yeah, Max, I mean, you can't win them all. You can just win most of them, which is what Max is doing right now. Yep. I think uh, right now he's got six wins. Charles has three. So 
Uh, yeah, it's it's also I heard somebody say on the broadcast like it's not it's not just winning; it's where you finish when you don't win. And right now, Max is he, you know he's he, he's doing that. So yeah. um, good for him in the championship. Just last thoughts, kind of closing out on the race. Uh, Sebastian Vettel, Aston Martin shockingly has never broached our, breached our top five, so we don't get to talk about Aston Martin or, or Seb or Lance too much. But he had a rough go of it this weekend. So FIA was kind of not being too nice to him on track. You know, giving him uh, like the penalty in, in qualifying, FIA off track. Don't know if you saw this, but he stormed out of the room and he was fined twenty five thousand euros. So yep. that sucks. Yeah. He was complaining about Albon and Gasly, saying, "Can I just have one race without these idiots or without these assholes, <laughs> something like that?" <laughs> Which is frustrating because he's. A, I mean, we know what kind of quality driver he is. Maybe he's fallen off a little bit in terms of talent, but like. It's just got to be so frustrating to be like, dude, I won this thing four times by my, like, you know, as a driver, I won this four times. I got a race with these idiots who one of them has been kicked off of Red Bull. Actually, both of these guys have been kicked off of Red Bull. Like, yeah. These just idiots like that. Uh, yeah, it's it's got to be like kind of old man, not even yelling at Cloud, but yelling at kids that are on his lawn. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I, I think that was the only like kind of side piece that I had of like, man, the Sebastian... Seems to be losing the hair at a quicker rate than normal around this time. Yeah, and I don't want to say to um, to pour salt on the wound, more like to, to pour brake dust on the wound because he was just covered in brake dust after it. <laughs> he, he was just complaining uh, fully, right? Uh, it seems like the FIA is going to look into this on how um, how brake pads and, and their brake ducts uh, should should be working and if that needs to be changed moving forward. But yeah, I mean, he was he was like dusty. It was... It's not not okay, I don't think. Yeah, it looked like he got dragged across the asphalt on his yeah, race yeah. suit a little bit. He was literally eating asphalt. Yeah, oh my God, full circle. We finally did it. We, we did. did. It only took us 69 episodes. <laughs> on the 69th, we did it. All right, and I think that does it for our race recap. Let's move on to our race haikus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> start us off with race haikus marco why don't you go first i would love to all right my haiku is going to be carlos a liar that's why his car is on fire austrians are ass nice yeah he should he's a nice yeah give it up well he's a liar because his car is on fire yeah do you get that part he yeah okay liar liar car on fire yep an idiot (laughs) okay depends on who you my haiku is going to be orange flares on track. Austrian fans are shitty. Podium for Merck. Uh, which, by the way, the flares on track. Did you see the picture from the grandstand where they were lighting those orange flares up? Yeah. Two thoughts. First of all, I get it. Like, you want to part. Like, I, it, it's fun. It's fun to do in soccer games, like at sporting events. But if you can't see the action on track that you paid probably, a, like, a heavy penny for, like, even if you are a Verstappen fan, I would be pretty annoyed. Um, but yeah. And, and the other thing, and the other thing is I like, I get it that you want to show your support for orange and you go hard for him. But I, I, if he comes across P2 and he's like basically expected to come across P1, at least tone it down a little bit toward the end of the race. Cause they were acting like he won and it's like, okay, well, uh, you know, we should, we should probably act accordingly, you know, cut, cut it in half at least. I don't know, dude. They probably bought they bought the flares for P1. They're going to use them regardless if it's P1 or P8, you know? That's true. We bought here. We came here to act like assholes regardless if it was P1 or P8. 
We're going to fucking act like assholes. And we're going to let these flares off. We're going to be rude to people. That's just what Austrians do. He comes, yeah, he comes across like P9 because of some like arrow failure. Yeah. And they're like, oh, we celebrate. <laughs> Two no points, baby. What. Two points. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Let's move on to our race predictions recap. Before we get to our race predictions recap, I'm uh, actually relating back to your haiku, Marco. We have a sponsor. Sorry. Before we get to our race predictions recap, we have a word from our sponsor that actually has to do with your uh, haiku, Marco. So Ooh. Ferrari fire extinguishers. Ferrari fire extinguishers. You never know when something that's not supposed to explode is going to explode and catch fire. That's why this morning Ferrari launched the first of their extinguisher series. This little sucker fits right into your pocket and is a perfect tool for when things spontaneously combust and catch fire. Are you going on a first date? What if she catches fire? Be ready. Are you going for a walk in the park? Trees are flammable. Be prepared. Are you attending your nephew's first grade play? Kids are known to explode and catch fire in some situations, so you better be prepared. Ferrari fire extinguishers, eliminating fires harder than the Ferrari power unit eliminates Carlos Sainz's chance at a championship. Oh, thank you, Ferrari. Starting to get into the old, uh, the teams coming in as sponsors now, which is awesome. <laughs> and I, it's weird. We actually double stacked ads. Did you know that? Oh, I didn't. What's the next one? This is actually like, this isn't just this part of the podcast. This podcast is actually the lead podcast sponsor for this podcast because this part of the podcast is brought to you by our very own ian's mom safe to say she reached out to me a while ago saying that she wanted to be the lead sponsor for our episode 69 and that she's willing to do quote unquote whatever it takes to make that happen so shout out to ian's mom or how she phrased it quote unquote the 69 queen whatever that means shout out ian's mom okay all right race predictions recap let's start off here Um, we going into the weekend, I was trailing Marco by just one point, um, you know, going from 15 points for Marco, 14 points for me. Um, I don't have anything that I got right. So Marco take over winner, Charles fastest lap max poll. Oh wait, no, never mind. Winner, Charles fastest lap max. Yep, so that would make the score 17 points for Marco, 14 points for me. Gapping me a little bit here, but uh, there's always next week, or in this case, the week after next. Because <laughs> the week that after is when next. We'll be, <laughs> there's always the week after next, as the saying goes. That's when we'll be racing at the Paul Ricard circuit in France. Um, we will have one episode probably before then just to chat shit about what's going on in the world of Formula One. But uh, aside from that, I think that's all I got. Anything else before we wrap up the episode, Marco? Nope. Just uh, once again, shout out Ian's mom. Episode all right, 69. that's enough. See you, assholes. <laughs> See you, assholes. <laughs>